Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. It was the Washington Post that reported the possibility of a ceasefire with Israel and Hamas. I don't know if that's going to come or not. Uh, this uh, was on ABC. Michael Herzog answering questions from Martha Raddatz. So I want to uh, distinguish within a pause for a few days in order to get hostages released and a ceasefire. Prime Minister was referring to a ceasefire. We are against ceasefire because that would uh, allow Hamas to retain power, to regroup, to rearm and strike again. But it would be a ceasefire for a few days? This is... Uh, is that the difference? We're, we're talking about uh, pausing the fighting for a few days so we can get the hostages out. But it's also... Supposedly it was going to be 50 hostages out each day for five days. I don't know. I certainly don't favor any level of ceasefire. I think that the people pushing for that are some of the most barbaric people out there who really want Hamas to be able to rearm because they want Hamas to be victorious. People like Jesse Brown, the socialist that was elected right here in Indianapolis, who gave a speech at a rally over the weekend for Palestinian liberation. Palestinian liberation de facto means the end of Israel. Because you think that Palestine somehow has to be liberated. You can't even point to where Palestine is on a map. And then if it has to be liberated, it means they're being oppressed, and therefore you say the oppressor is Israel. He follows this up by, on a Twitter post by saying, as a pacifist, a socialist, and a humanitarian. Uh, by the way, the idea that you could be a socialist and a humanitarian is hilarious. Quote, I will always stand with those being oppressed and attacked. I just proved my case. He favors the elimination of Israel. All of these socialists, all of them, Jew haters, and very, very into genocide. The history of socialism and communism proves this. It's no debate. And then he also uh, refers to himself in another post as a feminist. But the women who were raped by Hamas, well, he hasn't seen any proof of that. Believe all women until you're raped by Hamas. And then, well, I don't know. Maybe you're just asking for it. This is what you elected, Indianapolis. No word yet from the uh, Indiana Democratic Party. No word yet from, uh, from Vop Osley, you chicken. There's a way to follow that up, but it's radio. This, this is what you've got going on on your council? You're going to talk about this? You're going to say anything? Or is the plan just to ignore him? Not stand in one voice and say, this is gross. Nah. Nothing from Mayor Hogsett, please. Indianapolis wants the pain. Indianapolis wants to embarrass the state of Indiana. 
And the state of Indiana seems very cool with it because if they weren't, they'd actually, you know, run good campaigns against these people. Murders through the roof and you couldn't beat Joe Hogsett. Okay. By the way, can we put an end to the idea that Mark Lubbers or any of these uh, old school Republicans should be running uh, campaigns again? Can we end this? Because it needs to be ended. You run a campaign saying, uh, we agree with Hogsett. That's not. <sighs> I'm with you guys. It's frustrating. It's super frustrating. It is. But it is the reality right now. And I, like you, have many issues dealing with it. I find myself bothered like you wouldn't believe. And I try to find ways to overcome. Some days it's just more difficult than others. The people of Indianapolis voted for this. And they're like, well, if you don't like it, Tony, you can leave. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to keep pointing out the issue and try and move people into a better place and let Indianapolis do what it does and then just watch. Go prove me wrong. Don't worry about me. Dopey guy on radio. Go prove me wrong, Indy. Go prove to me why this commie is, is better. A guy who calls for genocide and doesn't believe women when they get raped. He wants evidence. Uh, One would ask, what kind of evidence does Jesse Brown want? And exactly um, uh, what OnlyFans page does he belong to to look for that evidence? Twisted stuff, children. These people are twisted. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Disclosure, I do not own any Lily stock outright, although there may be some investment I have that actually has a piece of something. Tony Katz, good to be with you. I like total honesty. I like total disclosure. What I can say about Lily is that uh, they got the approval for Zepbound, which I think has another name. Uh, Meanwhile, that's their weight loss drug, and that's going to change things. Because the demand is nuts, and now they're investing everywhere, including overseas. I want to know how that helps us right here at home. And, I mean, does Lily even think of Indianapolis as home anymore? Gary Dick joins us from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter. X, that is, at IIB, at Gary Dick, G-E-R-R-Y, at Gary Dick, on the Twitter box. Uh, it, it is a huge approval from the FDA. It is a $2.5 billion investment in Germany. There's a lot going on with Lilly. What's happening? Well, you're right. A lot going on with Lilly, and it has been going on for some time now, Tony. Incredible momentum at uh, really Indiana's marquee company, I think it's safe to call it that, Historically uh, and otherwise, the stock price has uh, gone out uh, out of this world, really. It's of, uh, over 590 bucks now. 
but last week or recently, the approvals not only here in the U.S., but also in Europe for, as you mentioned, ZepBound, this weight loss drug, uh, which uh, showed uh, some pretty incredible results in clinical trials expected to be uh, a, really a blockbuster drug for the company. Uh, and into this, uh, this, uh, this weight loss obesity market, which uh, four in ten Americans are, are uh, uh, described or, or listed as obese now, huge global issue that Lilly feels it can take a, uh, a leadership position in. So big news to get this approval. And I talked actually with CEO Dave Ricks uh, over the week, and we're going to have that, that, uh, that interview on the show this week. Uh, and he said this is just the beginning, really, that there is a pipeline of weight loss drugs that Lilly has uh, uh, been working on and will launch in the coming uh, months and years pending approval. So uh, a lot of good uh, things going on at Lilly. Of this, uh, there's no doubt, and I'm not here to, you know, be a uh, a billboard for the company, let them advertise on the show like anybody else. But when we, we notice things, we, we, of course, uh, share them. I notice that there is a question about Lilly in Indianapolis. Now, we see the growth going on, for example, in, 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 in Lebanon, right, with this Leap Innovation District. There's a big conversation now about the water and the water usage, and are we really showing in, in on a state level a level of favoritism. That's not uh, Lily's issue uh, per se. The question is about Lily's relationship to Indianapolis. Years past, as I've been told the story, the people who have run Lily uh, have understood Indy and, and really been a part of Indy. Dave Rick seems to be more hands-off on, on that uh, subject. Is, is there a question of whether Lily remains committed to Indianapolis as the hub when they engage more in North Carolina or they engage in a $2.5 billion investment in Germany? You know, I, there's always going to be that, that pushback, and I think that, that thinking uh, dating back really decades, that any time Lily made an investment, the assumption was it's always go going to be in Indianapolis or in Indiana, and that's certainly changed. It's obviously a global company, the $2.5 billion investment in Germany that they, they want to have manufacturing closer to where they're going to be selling products. So it's just simply a straight business decision. Similarly, as you mentioned, uh, they made big investments uh, out in Research Triangle Park in North Carolina. Uh, again, you're going to where strategically you're going to put uh, put assets with its workforce and other synergies going on. And you mentioned Lebanon and the investment in the LEAP district in Lebanon. That is Lily's biggest investment ever in the history of the company. Uh, that they're putting in there. And I should mention this ZepBound, this blockbuster drug we're talking about, will be produced at uh, at Lebanon once that is up and running. So, uh, you know, I think you're going to hear that, uh, that kind of pushback from time to time from people. But the reality uh, is, is Lily is a global company that, uh, and I know, uh, you know, Dave Ricks has talked about it in the interview you'll see this weekend, uh, talking about the importance of Indiana to the company uh, overall. Talking to Gary Dick from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on the Twitter X at IIB. It's an interview I have to do, right? I, I can't just leave those all uh, to you. Uh, I, I need to be, be having these conversations. Also, as posted over there at IIB, InsideIndianaBusiness.com, unemployment holding steady in the month of October. Indiana's unemployment rate remaining flat at 3.6%, the state adding 3,400 private sector jobs over the previous month. How uh, do business owners view uh, growth right now in the state? What are they concerned with? What are they looking forward to? 
You know, I think it's interesting, Tony, and you, you mentioned the unemployment number. I think it's the first time since April that the unemployment rate didn't inch up a bit. But it is it has remained at what is virtually full employment in the state. Uh, uh, finding employees continues to be a big, uh, big issue. But uh, but IBJ Media had a big economic forecast, their annual forecast with Fifth Third Bank last week. And the outlook uh, from uh, economists and from those in attendance, the business community, was fairly positive uh, uh, for next year, for 2024. Maybe there'll be a slight uh, slowdown in the economy, uh, but uh, second half of the year uh, looks very positive. Here's something, though, that I think is, 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 is fascinating and something that needs to be addressed. When the IU Kelly School of Business came out with their um, economic forecast a couple of weeks ago, something that was kind of under the radar that really did, didn't get reported on, it was mentioned at the, uh, the event I talked about last week, is productivity in Indianapolis specifically. That productivity has just lagged the rest of the country by a huge amount. I think the number they were talking about from a productivity standpoint uh, was something like 2% over the last 10 or 15 years, where the country as a whole uh, increased by 14 or 15%. That's a big issue uh, for Indianapolis in particular. In fact, some of the economists talked about other areas of the state Fort Wayne, Northwest Indiana, doing better from a productivity standpoint. And the bottom line uh, on that is the jobs added here aren't the better jobs with the better pay that that everyone is seeking. So anyway, that's that's something that uh, that I found very interesting and uh, is a big issue for Central Indiana. I think going forward. Well, I guess it, you you lead to a question if Indiana isn't getting the jobs with the best pay the question would lead to why yeah absolutely and and uh, part of it is uh, a track and keeping those technical jobs some of the other you say Indiana Indiana has a, as a whole is attracting a lot of those those jobs some of, of which uh, you know haven't been certainly filled yet or come to reality yet uh, in in, uh, in other parts of the state, but in Indianapolis per se, and that's that's a big reason, Tony. As you you think about uh, the split of IUPUI into separate, you know, IU and Purdue campuses, a big focus on that. IU has talked a lot about it, as Purdue has, is uh, is getting more technical, uh, more uh, scientific uh, kinds of people and jobs graduates right in the heart of downtown Indianapolis. Well, it's it's keeping the talent. It is the ability to grow the talent that comes from a tax side. It comes from an entertainment side. There's a, a value proposition uh, that engages all of this. That I would I would argue, Gary Dick, that we have we have we just don't do a good job of selling, and I don't know if we do a good enough job of building on. But we'll leave that, Gary Dick, for another day. Inside IndianaBusiness.com on Twitter. At IIB, uh, at Gary Dick, G-E-R-R-Y, at Gary Dick on the Twitter box as well. I appreciate you. How bad is it? Don't sugarcoat it. Give it to me straight. Want coffee? I think I need some coffee. Time to fill up on the news. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Fill up on the news. Presented by Absolute Wealth Management, LLC. The Absolute Wealth Retirement Planning Show. Sundays, 9 a.m. at WIBC, WIBC WIBC.com. Dow futures down Thursday. NASDAQ futures down not even one. Not even one little, little boop. Little, little percent, little nothing. 
uh, right there. I think the big story is that OpenAI got rid of its CEO. Sam Altman was was let go. And for those of us who don't follow AI like, like, like others, it's like, okay, sometimes the CEO is gone, but I'm not sure why why it would happen. I'm not sure about the level of uh, things underneath. There was another, I think the board chair was removed uh, from the chairmanship of, of the board as well. I think it was Greg Brockman. Um, so I'm not sure why it happened. I'm not sure what it means to artificial intelligence. What What I do know is that you cannot walk into a room without somebody discussing it. It's a fantastic, kind of amazing thing to watch. Everybody knows that it matters. Everybody has levels of concern. But there are really very few things technologically where everybody's talking about it. Everybody, regardless of of of, of the power structure or or the socioeconomic spectrum. And that's a pretty interesting thing to see. And it's it's kind of 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 fascinating that you we've we've all heard about AI, but usually we've heard it from movies. We've heard it from the dystopian future. And here it is now. And there is something within that message that has clearly resonated across the spectrum. Now the question is what do we do with it? There is a clear opportunity for Indiana here from an educational perspective going into I would I would even argue although I'm willing to accept other arguments I mean conversations I don't mean arguments in a nasty way uh, to the elementary school level why don't we make this a part of what we do everywhere if we're gonna put money into something wouldn't we be better off putting money into Understanding AI at every level. See, we think of, uh, you know, in, in that dystopian way, AI is going to, to rule us. Well, I hope not. But AI for music, there, there are now AI programs by which you hum a tune and it will orchestrate an entire song behind it. Well, if you're somebody who's interested in music production, doesn't this matter? Why don't we teach this? Why don't we share with kids how this works? Classes for this. Uh, how, how is AI going to affect logistics? We're, we're Indiana. We are logistics. Why aren't we working with logistics? No, now I'm saying why aren't we? Perhaps we are. I'd love to hear more if this is the case. Maybe I'm the first person to say it. Maybe I'm not. Working with logistics companies to get the dollars into the schools to start teaching how this works because this is where the opportunities are. We can look at these things from afar and be afraid or we can be proactive right now to the things. And I think we could do it in some of the things that Indiana does best. I think we could do it in, in of course, the, the life sciences and the agro-sciences. But let's do it in the arts. AI music production should be something that we teach that we share that we build upon this shouldn't be a thing where it's like okay you go to college and then you learn we should make indiana students from gary to evansville to jeffersonville 
the we we should make them top tier, top quality. Give them give them the advantage. You still want to teach them Spanish? <laughs> I have nothing against learning Spanish. The forcing of a language is ridiculous if that language is not Python or AI. Rethink the language concept. Teach them the skills. Just like we need home ec, just like we need to teach how to balance a checkbook, we should be teaching investment portfolios. For the love of God. Give You, you want to spend the money? Give each kid 500 bucks to invest. 500 is too much? 250? Fine. Create accounts that they can build with. Show them in an index fund that if they put just this amount of money into it, here's what it'll be when they graduate high school. Imagine what's going to happen when you start adding more money to it. What, am I crazy? Am I, am I out of my head with the idea? I don't think I'm out of my head with the idea. But we should be doing more than just embracing the AI. We should be sharing it with our kids and saying, here's what your future look, can look like. And for those of you who don't want to do AI, that's fine. We need plumbers and HVAC techs and mechanics because somebody has to keep everything moving. Two things we could do at the same time, and we could be the center of innovation and a bright future. It's possible. Maybe thinking a little bit different isn't so bad. I'm Tony Katz. virtually every uh, senator supporting Israel's objective Mm -hmm. of going after Hamas and neutralizing them from a military perspective. No more October 7th. But we also need to do, as Secretary Blinken said, um, how Israel conducts this operation is important. Um, And so many of us were concerned. just a few weeks ago when one of the White House national security spokesperson Mm -hmm. uh, was asked if the United States has any red lines. um, And the answer was no, uh, which means anything goes. And and that cannot be consistent uh, with American interests and American values. So that's why we're asking these questions. What questions are you asking, Senator Van Hollen? Because it seems to me you're saying that you can't have an end to Hamas. Look, the, the question of how do you know when you're done, you might not. But you certainly know you're not done today. You certainly know that every number that comes out from the Gaza Health Ministry is a lie. It's a mass. You can't trust these people. Thousands of children. I would have no disagreement with anybody if they told me that children are dead in Gaza. Of course they are. Hamas puts children in the way of bombs. What do you expect? Tony Katz, 93 WIBC, good morning. That's not enough of a reason to stop. And if you ask me, if you say to me, don't you think that's disgusting? Yes. I think the whole thing is disgusting. I think it's awful. But get it to your head. Israel's not stopping. Hamas has to go. Why aren't you in favor of Hamas giving up? Why aren't you in favor of Hamas surrendering? 
They rally in Indianapolis for Palestinian liberation, which is, of course, the extinction of Israel. I rally for the end of Hamas. They want to argue that I somehow lack morality. I know for a fact that they lack morality. So, okay, nobody's moral. Everybody's terrible. Let's see who wins. I give. Let's see who wins. If you want to play the game of everybody's terrible. Okay, now let's see who wins. But they'll never do that. They'll never do, say what I just said. They'll say, yeah, but Israel. See, there's always a reason why Israel is bad. Because when you are locked into the evil of the oppressed oppressor concept, which is Marxism, which makes up the ignorant and the foolhardy and the college professors, but I repeat myself. Israel is always the enemy. The United States is always the enemy. Race baiting is, is, is always the name of the game. Everything applies to this oppressed-oppressor relationship. So they can't just fight it out because Israel's too much of this and Israel's too much of that. So in your situation, in, in, in your worldview, progressive, Israel, no matter what, has to go. Israel can't, can't actually defend itself. And the conversation that Chris Van Hollen, the senator from Maryland, is putting out there isn't actually believed by his party. They don't actually believe in the ability to defend. Which is why so many of these people, including right here in Indianapolis, have to be dismissed. They favor the eradication of a nation and people. And then they're going to favor your eradication. And so the 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 glorious thing about Christians, they get it. They get it. They understand it. They understand the canary in the coal mine conversation. They understand that this is just the beginning. They understand that they are next. And they're not interested in being next. And they're not interested in Israel or Jews having to deal with it now. So we'll get more into what's going on and, and whether or not a, some level of ceasefire or pause is going to take place in a relationship to getting hostages out. I am not in favor of the, um, of the pause. Uh, I am in favor of getting uh, hostages. I would, of course, be asking the question that does this mean that there is proof that the hostages are still alive? That's my question. If hostages are still alive, I'm in favor of many, many things. Just not everything, which may be surprising uh, to some. We will follow uh, that story. I also had, I didn't, don't think I got to it. Uh, today I talked about uh, January 6th. And I'll have more uh, regarding the video that has been put out. Did you know that the University of Michigan spends $18 million a year on its DEI staff? This story just came out, except I think we've discussed this. The amount of money that is spent on this hate rhetoric on campuses and in places all across the country. That's a lot of money to spend to show how good and decent you are. It's a lot of money that can be spent on, I don't know, lowering the cost of college. And then there's the fact that in 11 states, gas is below $3 a gallon. We deal with economic realities here. 11 states, gas is below 3 bucks. This is good stuff. 
Why is it happening is a question. I don't mind that bit of investigation. How do we keep it going? But anybody who wants to connect it to Joe Biden depleting uh, the petroleum reserves, that's not economic reality at all. I'll catch you guys at noon.